you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasure at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. Friends, God's Spirit is here, filling our hearts with love, drawing us together as community. May we feel God's Spirit with us, whether we are worshiping at home or in person. May we feel God's love and the love of community strengthening us and leading us in joy. A couple of announcements for today. A reminder that there are the announcement sheets at the back of the church. Um, Also, please know that our newsletter went out, our spring Easter time, um, Lent Easter time newsletter went out. Um, it was by email, and then there's also some mail copies that went out. If you didn't get one, I'm not sure if they're at the back. I forgot to check. But um, let the office know if you would like to get one, or if you are um, worshiping with us remotely and would like to receive it by email or mail, please let us know. Tomorrow we have our Zoom book group. Um, we'll be looking at The Forgotten Daughter by Jonah Goodman. Um, coming up soon, we have an Easter card creation with um, Susan on Monday, April 4th from 1 to 4 p.m. in the CE Hall. The cost is $15 a person. Um, you'll need to bring a mask and a water bottle, if you want water, to bring a water bottle with you. Um, all else will be provided to create three beautiful cards for Easter. Um, you can register by contacting Sally Corman, um, either through the church office or if you know her um, direct contact, you can do it that way too. We have our spring food drive coming up on April 10th. Um, shared last week that in our area there is a high demand for food. There's great need with 40% um, increase in the demands for the food bank. Um, and the shelves are bare right now. So please bring stuff on April 10th. Please also, if you're able to, bring stuff beforehand as well, and that will be delivered um, regularly. Also coming up is our trunk sale. That's in June, on June 18th. So if you've got stuff for the trunk sale, Catherine, do they talk to you? or how, how, What do they do with it? No? 
Always people talk to Catherine. Catherine wants to talk to you. <laughs> Catherine's friendly too. Um, if you've got items for the trunk sale, start saving your treasures now, um, and there'll be details to come about how you can get that to the church later on. But, um, but please start collecting those um, treasures to share and to help with this fundraiser. For those of us in person, you'll notice a kind of looks like a Christmas tree up at the back, um, but it's an Easter tree. It's an Easter evergreen with little Easter eggs on it that has been set up by Sally and um, you're invited to take an egg and there's a sign-up sheet there and deliver it to a senior that you know or a senior from the church. The um, sign-up sheet has a plot for your name and the name of the person you're delivering to. So also check to see um, if someone's been getting multiple eggs or not. The, car the ones with the cards on top, with the special little cards attached to them, are for our 90-year-olds, our nifty 90s. And um, there's a separate sign-up sheet for that that lists the name of our um, nifty 90s. And um, that way we can ensure that every one of them gets a car uh, an egg and a card and a special reminder of the love of our community. If you're worshiping with us remotely, please call the church office if you'd like to take part. Are there any uh, um, birthdays or celebrations that people would like to share today? This week, last week? None. Then as we gather in this time of worship, we remember that this land that we gather on has a long history and that we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabewaki nations and that we are all part of Treaty 45 and a half. And as we honor the traditional territory we're on, may we always work towards truth and reconciliation. And we pray for the indigenous and Inuit and Métis people who are in um, at the Vatican currently looking for a path towards truth and healing. and we light our candle for peace. We know well, we see it regularly, the cost of violence and war. So we light a candle for peace, a peace for people in um, Ukraine, people in Afghanistan, Syria, people all over the world, people who are not safe in their homes. We remember Christ's call for, and God's call for peace beyond just the absence of war, but peace where people may all live freely and the fullness of life. May the flame of the peace of Christ guide us and lead us now and always. And I invite us to share the peace of Christ with one another. Um, you're not going to get up and shake hands, but I invite you to look around and wave, to look up at Bill and those who are worshiping at home, and wave and just say, the peace of Christ be with you. The peace of Christ be with you. And may we feel the love of community today and always.
Let us join in singing, and you're, you're, you're welcome to stand or remain seated as you would like, and you're able. We're going to sing number 333, Love Divine, All Love Excelling, from Voices United 333. faithful people and find the quiet center where God may enter in. We gather as God's people, hungry for holy presence, ready for God's word to us. Let us worship God. Most holy God, 
we rejoice in our awareness of your presence. As you enter our lives, refresh and renew us. Grant that we may live with love in the example of Jesus the Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, through whom we pray. Amen. We're going to share a, a time for young, young at heart, interactive time, whatever we want to name it, share a moment together. And I'm going to do a, a little magic trick. And, and when I do the magic trick, you may be going, ooh, ah, or, oh, if, 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 if it doesn't go well. But bear with me. Because even when things don't go well, God still loves us. And sometimes mistakes are, are beautiful signs that we, we try different things. So I've got a piece of, of newspaper here. And if you're worried about me cutting up a paper from, from um, Hanover here, don't worry, this is, this is from down where my area is, so I guess it's okay to cut up. But I've got a regular piece of paper. And I invite us to think about this being our lives, each and every one of us. And we go through life and, well, this one's pretty fine, but you know, things, we get a little ragged sometimes, things knock us around a bit. And sometimes we do things that we hurt others. It's gonna be hard to see, but I'm drawing, I'm drawing little red lines on there. We do things that hurt others, that hurt ourselves. You can probably think of things like that. Things that make us feel like we don't really deserve our own love, other people's love, or God's love. We can start thinking, well, I'm not that good. Look at the big, the big blemishes of my life. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I, I know I have. I've done things, or maybe even other people have done things to you, for, or around you, and, and you've just started feeling like, I'm not that great. Life's not that great. People aren't that great. But then we read our Bible, we, read, we sing the songs of our faith, we offer our prayers, and we remember something, we're reminded of something. We're reminded that God's love meets us where we are. God's love enters into all those spots where we think, I've really messed up. I'm not that lovable. I don't deserve my love or other people's love. And God's love looks at us a little differently. Here's the part that's either going to be ooh or a bit laughter. God's love looks at us a little differently. There we go. It, it worked. <laughs> and God's love reminds us that we are whole, that we, we're going to mess up. And there's times we're not going to feel loved or loving. And God looks at us and says, no, I, I love all of you. I welcome you fully with wide and joyful embrace. And you're invited to love and embrace one another with that same wide and lovely embrace. And all those things that you thought, see, it's still there, that we thought, hey, don't make us lovable. God says, no, those things, those things aren't there. You're loved. You're loved 
and you can love. And that's good news. And it worked. <laughs> and if you really know how that works, um, I can tell you later. <laughs> Also, uh, we don't have an organized around the table things to talk about at coffee time today, but if you are wanting to hang out and chat for a bit with masks on, um, there's no chair set up, but you're welcome to go down to the CE hall afterwards and, and, and visit. I kind of jinxed us this week because during the week I thought, it's, it's getting nice and warm. I know maybe we can make some coffee and stand outside and chat and visit because it's spring. And it's nice. But that's not how today turned out. But you can visit inside if you'd like. Let us hear how God is working through our lives and through our world as we share in our story of our mission and then hear our scripture reading. The Korean War began in 1950, and it hasn't ended yet. Many people believe that the Korean War ended in 1953. It didn't. An armistice was signed that year with the idea that it would be quickly replaced with an international peace agreement that would formally end the war. It never happened. Koreans are still waiting for a peace treaty. The United Church of Canada is responding to an urgent invitation from the National Council of Churches in Korea, a longtime mission and service partner of the United Church, to join with them in the Korea Peace Appeal. For more than 70 years, Koreans have lived in a constant state of hostility, which is solidified in the division of the peninsula. But the people of Korea have not lost hope. Their message to the world is this, peace first, end the war now. The Korea Peace Appeal Campaign is a global campaign which seeks to gather 100 million signatures by 2023, the 70th anniversary of the signing of the armistice. The NCCK has challenged the United Church of Canada to gather 10,000 signatures by this summer. Join with Korean partners and all who seek peace in the Korean Peninsula and throughout the world. Please, sign the Korea Peace Appeal with me today. I'm just have a couple little announcements before I read scripture. Um, yesterday, uh, there was eight of us at the CE hall, and we made crosses. And we would all like to thank Gertie for helping us and having the patience of God to help us through this. Bob's is there by the the candle. And Gertie actually now calls us artists. <laughs> mm. 
And I want to speak about the ribbons for Ukraine. Um, Gertie, Jerry, and Bob took turns on Friday at Grants, giving out ribbons for donations for the Ukraine. Teenager, one teenager emptied his pocket of change that added up to more than $5 and said to Gertie, I hope that makes a difference. A woman gave a donation and received a ribbon, and Gertie asked, would your husband like one? And the woman said, no, he, he just can't st stand the war and what's going on. But he did come up to Gertie with tears in his eyes and said he remembers being five and hearing bombs and air sirens. And to this day, when he watches what is going on in the Ukraine, memories all come back. There are many heartwarming comments and people very upset with what is going on in the Ukraine. So I want to thank the Social Action and Global Concerns for making ribbons and trying to make a difference. Please continue to pray and continue to for your support for Ukraine. This morning's Bible verse is the parable of the lost sheep. And it's probably one of, um, one of my favorite um, scripture readings because it happened in my family a long time ago. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable, the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the state. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together, got his stuff together, all that he had, and set out for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his, fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and get back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me, the one of your, make me one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. 
When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never, never disobeying your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Thank you for these readings. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, 
Celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed and enriched by God. This June, Jessica and I will be celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary together. It's one of those times that seems not that long ago, quite a while ago. It's a special day. 15 years ago, Jessica and I exchanged vows and started our life together as a married couple. Looking back over those 15 years, it's clear that we have both changed in that time. And we have grown because of our relationship, learned our gifts, and yes, our weaknesses as well. We've worked hard at being the best people we can be with each other's support and challenge. I know that I've grown as a person because of the love and relationship that we share. And it reminds me of something that Leo Buscaglia once wrote. He wrote these words. If you love someone, your goal is to want them to be all that they are and you will encourage them every inch of the way. Every time they do something that helps them grow or learn something to help them become more, you dance and you celebrate the occasion. You're not growing apart, you are growing together, but hand in hand, not melting into the other. And what I like about Leo Buscaglia's quote is that he isn't just talking about romantic love. He gained a reputation, was known as Dr. Love, and when he spoke of love, he was speaking of all the avenues of love in our lives. The love of friends, of family, of partners, all the different loves. Love, he reminded us, in all of its wonderful many forms, has the power to make us grow as individuals and within relationship. He is caught off guard by the sight. His father running towards him, laughing, smiling like an excited child. He was all ready for this moment, ready for coldness, ready for lectures, ready to have to convince his father to take him in, if not as a son again, than as a servant at least. The well-recited words sit in his throat and are lost when his father embraces him in a great big bear hug, lifting him off the ground and the words are spoken, welcome home my son. He's caught off guard. He's surprised by love. He stares in disbelief as his father walks away from him back towards the house with the music, the celebration, the smell of cooked fatted calf lingering in the air. 
He sits in the field, caught off guard. He had practiced in his mind what he would do if his lousy, good-for-nothing brother ever returned. He had it all worked out. His father and he would scream and lecture. Would they take him back after the pain, the betrayal, the insult and humiliation? After selling off their land and wasting the money on selfish ends? Maybe, but it wouldn't be the same. Or maybe not. Now his father is celebrating in a way that he has never done for him, for the good and the faithful son. He wants anger and he wants vengeance alongside his father. He is caught off guard. He is surprised by love. The parable of the prodigal son is the longest parable in the Gospels and one of the well-known ones for those of us who've been in the church for a while. It incites many different emote reactions, probably depending on whether you relate to the good son or the prodigal son. It has been celebrated as a story of repentance, the wayward coming home, and of grace, the forgiveness, forgiving love of the father. It may also stir pain if we live in a relationship that has been severed. However, when we look at this parable in the wider context, it changes a little bit. Jesus is telling this story to a group of Pharisees who are angry at Jesus for eating with the wrong people, eating with tax collectors and sinners. And now the term tax collectors and sinners in the Gospels is used by the religious elite kind of as a shorthand to write off and insult others. Some of them were tax collectors. All of them were deemed to be sinners by the religious elite. This group of Pharisees is angry because Jesus is eating with the wrong people. And in their culture, who you eat with says a lot about who you are. It defines who you are. As a religious leader, Jesus should be eating with, teaching with, and socializing with other religious leaders and other people who are religiously respectable. He should not be on the street sitting and eating with the scandalous, those who are exploited or who exploit. He should not be with those isolated and deemed unclean or sinful. The Pharisees, Pharisees are the good child. They have made sacrifices. And they have worked hard to keep their faith and rituals. So for them, it's insulting, painful, and upsetting that Jesus chooses tax collectors and sinners over them. Jesus' associations catch them off guard. They are surprised by his love. Today, we are all invited to be surprised by love, by God's love shown in Jesus. How different would we read this parable if instead of the title, the parable of the, good, of the prodigal son, it was called the parable of surprising love. 
the wonderful and powerful thing about parables is that they invite us into the story, invite us to look around and experience and feel the story. They, allow, they invite us to let the story touch upon our lives. We are invited to be like the prodigal son and those labeled as tax collectors and sinners in the parts of ourselves that feel unlovable or shamed or broken or unworthy, in the parts of us that feel that we deserve punishment or neglect, in the bullied, abused, neglected places of our lives. In these places we are invited. We're invited to be surprised by love, to feel God's love rushing in. It's a love without fine print. The Father in today's story didn't wait to hear his son's apology. Maybe he didn't even want him. He wanted to embrace his son. He didn't want to set up limits to love. He runs and acts in an act that was seen as childish and not fitting for adults in Jesus' day. He runs. He skips along the path and meets his son shamelessly embracing him. And he throws a elaborate party. We are invited to be surprised by love, God's love and the love of others, knowing, knowing that we are fully embraced without limits and without exception. Today we're invited to be surprised by love. We're invited to be like the good son in the Pharisees. We're invited to touch and enter into the parts of ourselves that judge others, that say they don't belong, or maybe they don't belong, they make me uncomfortable, or whatever. The parts of ourselves that want to be favored and privileged as one of God's chosen. The parts of ourselves that sets up limits to love. We're invited to touch the si this side of ourselves and be surprised, outraged, and challenged by a love, a love that embraces all that embraces and celebrates those who we have difficult loving. We are invited to remember that we are not favored. We're not favored because God's love doesn't have first and second place. God's love does not have limits. God's love expands our ideas of limits. We're invited to be surprised by love, the love of God and the love of others and challenged to have a more bold and wide-embracing Christ-like love. Today we're invited to be loved, and we're invited to love. More than anything else, we're invited to be transformed by this holy love so that we can place ourselves into the role of the Father in the story. There's nothing in the Gospel, in the parable, that says that God is the parent. We can read it as God as the parent, but that's not the only way. The parent could be, could very well be us. We are invited to be inspired and challenged by love in that powerful way that expands our lives, that opens our hearts and minds, that brings healing and wholeness. Fed by this love, the love of God and the love of others, we are invited to be 
the father in the story who even though he is hurting, even though he has been wronged, even though it's hard, won't let these things prevent him from loving more fully. It is the great surprise of love. God's love, our love, the love of others, that nobody and no place is beyond holy embrace. Leo Busqueglia and our healthy relationships remind us of the power of love. Love has the power to bring healing and wholeness to this world. Love has the power to transform us and lead us to the life that God has made us to live. Love has the power to bring wholeness. It starts in little everyday interactions and the easy relationships we have. It starts when we can love ourselves as God loves us, or at least challenge ourselves or remind ourselves that God loves us and that we need to love ourselves. Then love spreads, love builds, and it flows throughout the world until all is made whole. So friends, come, let us be challenged and surprised and delighted and fed by God's love. Let us be part of God's work of bringing healing and wholeness and celebration to the world. Amen. Thanks be to God. And let us sing a song reminding ourselves that we are loved by God and reminding ourselves to see others as beloved of God. As we sing more voices, 157, I am a child of God.
celebrate the gifts of God that flow through our lives, the gifts of time, talent, love, food, relationship, money, prayer. As we join in singing our offertory, praise God from whom all blessings flow, Voices United 541. thanksgiving in our hearts. If love is how we know you, O God, remind us this day that love is what set the world in motion. Love is what spoke order into chaos at creation. Love is what breathed into the dirt and brought forth Adam. Love is what inspired Adam to see his partner cry out, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Let us know the love that brings us life and life abundant. So if love is how we know you, we pray to you, O God. Overwhelm us with your love, which casts out every fear. If love is how we drive out fear, then we cry to you for the fear that leaves people paralyzed in their homes, for the fear in war-torn communities and broken families, for the fear of losing life the fear of rejection, the fear that tells us we do, don't belong, for the fear that makes us selfish. Drive out our fear and make it clear that your love is stronger, stronger even than death. So if love is how we drive out fear, we pray to you, O God. Overwhelm us with your love, let's cast out every fear. If your love is how we love others, then we ask you this day to bless us that we might be a blessing to others, to challenge us that we may grow deeper in your love, to guide us as we stumble forth as your beloved children, to lead us as we love boldly in your holy name. Make us into bearers of your love. So if your love is how we love others, we pray to you, God, Overwhelm us with your love, which casts out every fear. 
Loving God, we ask that you cast out into our work, cast us into our work and into our world to be your hands, your feet, and your love. As we strive in this task, we bring before you this day those who weigh heavy on our minds. We pray for those who are hungry, for food and for justice. We pray for those who are thirsty. We pray for those who are wrestling with medical diagnosis. We pray for those who are grieving the death of a loved one. We pray for those who are wondering how to make ends meet. We pray for all that we bring before you. We pray for the people of Moorfield, Rossi, Pastoral Charge. We pray for the people of the Czech Republic, Poland, Slovakia. We pray for all whose lives and relationships are divided. Those who are heartbroken and waiting for returning, coming together, healing and renewal. We name in the silence of our hearts or aloud our individual prayers. Loving God, we lift all our prayers to you in the name of Jesus, the one who showed us what your love looks like in the flesh and who taught us how to pray using the words, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And let us sing our closing hymn, Come, let us sing of a wonderful love.
Friends, we've heard the good news, and may we go out and live the good news. God's love fills our lives. God's love overflows from our lives and is the gift that we have to share with others. As we go from here, may God go where we go. Guide us where we must make choices. Comfort us where we hurt. And may God continue to surprise us for who we are and what we do now and always. Let us go in peace. Let us go with God. Amen.